All right, South Jersey, it is July, and that means it's time to recap the month that was in June. I'm meteorologist Joe Martucci with the Something in the Air podcast brought to you twice a month, the first and third Wednesdays of the month. And join with me, as we always do at the beginning of the month, New Jersey State Climatologist and Distinguished Professor Dr. Dave Robinson. How are you, Dr. Robinson? I'm just fine. How are you? I'm doing good. You know, life as um, at least I know it, has returned kind of back to normal. I'm back in a shirt and tie, and I have a suit jacket that I don't have wearing uh, right now. So I'd say things are kind of going back to normal. Um, but I see you are still uh, working at home, keeping safe. That's always good. I, uh, yeah, I, I sneak into the office a couple of days a week, and it's quieter there than anywhere I can think of. But, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, very fortunate to be in the position where I have that little bit of flexibility. I understand. It's good to be on top. It's good to be king, king of the New Jersey climate world. What king? <laughs> I'm looking at him right now. Um, all right. So, you know, we look at June and a couple of things stick out to mind with me. Uh, one, relatively dry. The other one, we had a derecho at the beginning of the month. And that's actually where I want to start off. And this was way back so we're gonna have to jostle our memories go all the way back to june 3rd where we did have a derecho come through parts of south jersey really it was more of just like north of philadelphia going into burlington and just got portions of long beach island in atlantic county um but it did bring wind gusts in the 90s like we usually see during a derecho and you know just to let everybody know to have a derecho it's actually a technical term you need to have um, at least, I believe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, 240 miles worth of wind damage um, that was continuous. And that we did see as it started in western Pennsylvania, worked itself all the way to the coast. But LBI got absolutely pounded with strong winds. Again, there were two that were in the 90s, 92 and 93 miles an hour, several in the 80s. There were power outages, though I will say not as many as I would have thought. So I guess that's some good news, um, but what, what can you share with us um, about the derecho that we did have? Yeah, it, it was an impressive event. Uh, not forecast well in advance, although we knew there would be storms that day. There had been storms earlier that morning in North yeah. Jersey that dumped the, fair, the most rain they got the entire month. Um, and then people may remember later that afternoon and evening, there were strong storms came down the Atlantic City Expressway, basically. So yeah. it was our, by far, most active day of the month. Um, I call it a, an Uber squall line. <laughs> um, it's generally, there's usually not rotation. Uh, very rarely will you have a tornado associated with it. But it's just like a plow that's coming through. And, and it's not just the speed of the winds associated with it. It's how quickly they come on you because the forward movement of that event was like 60 miles an hour. Yeah. It made it from Erie, Pennsylvania to the to LBI in I think it was about five and a half hours. Yeah. So that was really trucking. So it 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 was quite the event. Yeah. It they move at highway speeds. I mean, if you're pretty much driving along the expressway, that is how fast this storm was moving. And you know, I should be remiss without saying we did have those uh, severely worn thunderstorms during the afternoon and I think I've been here for about two and a half years it was the busiest day of my press of AC career I've had longer days but I haven't had a day that was so jam-packed because yeah. you had 
the derecho coming and you, and you know, prep for all that, writing out severe thunderstorm watches, getting that out to people, doing live streaming when the event actually came through. And then that was done. Maybe I had 15 minutes to eat something and then bam, we had severe thunderstorm watch come again, our second one in the day. And then you just had to watch for these storms again. So it was just, you know, a lot of updating, a lot of, um, you know, getting the word out to people. I think it was pretty well received. So, you know, thank you everybody who, uh, you know, was able to watch, but man, I mean, you know, it's rare to be talking about two severe thunderstorm watches in a day. Um, actually, I talked to Gary Sikowski, who was the meteorologist in charge for the National Weather Service in Mount Holly. And I said, hey, I said, when was the last time we had something like this? And he said, I don't know. He can't remember when we had two severe thunderstorm watches in one day. He said, I'm sure it happened, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Just yeah, so and we hadn't had a derecho pound New Jersey proper really since, I guess it was June 29th, uh, 2012. Yeah. So it gave South Jersey stronger winds than Sandy did just months later. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was, and it was a deadly event in New Jersey, while this derecho is a deadly event in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yeah, we did have uh, it was, uh, and, and that derecho in 2012 is one of lore, because it came out of Chicago early in the afternoon and hit in the evening from Richmond, Virginia, up to about Tuckerton. Yeah. Um, and, and so it was much broader. It was a much larger derecho uh, than seen uh, with this one. This one was a little uh, narrower in terms of north to south direct dimensions of the plow, if yeah. you will. Yeah, and you know, it's funny, just touching on your point, everybody remembers the 2012 derecho down here. I mean, I don't think I do a talk with adults that don't bring it up because yeah. for if you were on the mainland, especially if you were in like Vineland or, you know, Buna or something, it was worse. I mean, it probably was worse than Sandy for you in terms of the amount of tree damage, the power being out. You know, it was an extremely significant event. And then came this one. Some people, you know, some, not everybody, but some people were like, I don't believe it. We had a derecho. And I'm like, yeah, you know, we, we did. Not all derechos are like that 2012 one. That one is, in, I don't know if I want to say extreme, but a very high-end yeah. event. No, yeah, I want to ask you, you know, let the people know, like, how often do we see derechos? Are they really, you know, uncommon? Well, actually, the week following this one, Michigan was hit with one. And somewhere else, and memory fails me, in the center part of the country had one. So there were like three in a one or two week time. Um, we've had them here, depending on how they're classified, every five or 10 years. Um, I can remember one in central and North Jersey in, it was very late August of 1998. Um, there was one around that period of time, years before, I think, up in the Adirondacks that knocked down a million trees, something like that. Um, they're not as common in the east as they are in the central part of the country. And even there, they're not all that common. I remember where the third one was. Where was it? It came out of Utah across Colorado, up through Nebraska and into the eastern Dakotas. I wanted to talk about the temperatures. And we can talk about it fairly quickly. Um, you know, where did we stack up for the month? I remember specifically that first morning of June was pretty crisp. Um, and then the past couple of, you know, maybe the past week or so, I would say relatively seasonable, maybe a little, maybe on the warmer side, but nothing unusual, no crippling heat here in South Jersey. 
No, it, it's it's been warm. There were five days when the airport at Atlantic City in Pomona got over 90 this month, and it got up to 95 on the 28th. But you're right, it started cool. It's like that last vestige of the cool April and May we had. Yeah. As a matter of fact, up in Walpack, up in a valley in Sussex County, the 1st of June got at one of our WeatherNet stations got down to 32 degrees. Meanwhile, Atlantic City Marina had their last freeze of the season on March 1st. Yeah. Okay. So incredible difference in the start of the growing season in New yeah. Jersey this year. Right along the Jersey coast, March 2nd, it essentially started. Mm. And it didn't start till June 2nd up in those valleys of Northwest Jersey. And that's pretty unusual even for, you know, typically what we see. I mean, there's always a difference. I mean, Wolfpack, I'm sure, I wouldn't imagine not many of our uh, listeners and viewers have been there. It is a little town. It is literally on the you see a hill to your right, a river to your left. You're just kind of in this valley area. Nice town. Uh, but well, it's an abandoned town, essentially. It's got a few little buildings left in it. It was going to be part of the Tox Island Dam project back there in the 60s. So the national parks run it now. Um, so it's, it's kind of a ghost town yeah. in, in a sense. But it's got a great in there. And I'm not advertising. I have nothing in it there. Um, but the Wall Pack Inn is pretty well known up right. in that area. But getting back to South Jersey, yes, yes. Um, the airport was 2.7 degrees above average in June. And believe it or not, with records going back to just 1959 there, that's the fifth warmest June on record at the airport. Now, over at the beach, it was 0.7 degrees above average, so much closer to average. And they got up to 88 degrees mm. um, late in the month. Yeah. So the, the beauty of the, the air conditioning that the Atlantic provides yeah. and the fact that it tends to temper the extremes in, te in temperature. So you have less cold, you have less extreme warmth. And, right. and with that, they averaged out warmer than average, but not nearly as warm as the airport in Pomona. But even still, you know, to have, and I actually didn't see it, so this is news to me, that's the fifth warmest, but to have the fifth warmest at the airport inland, and then just, we'll say, a little bit above average at the marina, would that, you know, lead someone to believe that the sea breezes were pretty strong over the month of June? Because otherwise, you would think they would still both be about the same above average. Yeah, uh, it, it, they, they were. And one would also think early in the summer season, you're likely to have a bigger difference between coastal and inland stations because the water hasn't warmed up as much yet. Mm -hmm. Under similar meteorologic conditions in August, you wouldn't have that large a difference between the coastal station and the inland station. Sure. Sure. Uh, but still, yeah, and you know, it's like the warmth we've been having in the last decade. It's not always warmth where you've got extremely torrid days hitting 99 and 100. Right. Rather, it, it's two-pronged. One is just the persistence of it. Once it gets warm, it just tends to stay warm, but not necessarily record-breaking warm on any particular day. The secondly, we've noticed this more than daytime highs, the nighttime lows are increasing. And, and that's a function of just having a difficult time for the atmosphere to rid itself of the previous day's heat because you've got more greenhouse gases in the atmosphere and 
a very prevalent greenhouse gas is water vapor. Yeah. Um, and, and thus, you, your nights are warming more than your days. But it's just persistence day after day, week after week. Yeah, when you get those high dew points, you know, that's a measure of a lot of water vapor. So, you know, if we're talking about, oh, man, dew point 70, that's sticky. Well, guess what? Your low temperature, probably not falling below 70. If it is, it's not too much. And that's above average for June. Yeah. Um, your, your temperature can't fall below the dew point. So, yeah, you've got to dry out the air. If right. you go to bed and the dew point's 72, 73, you're not going to get cooler than that overnight unless you get a dry air mass move in and mm -hmm. replace that humid air. Unfortunately, on several occasions, we've been able to swap out the humid air from drier air. So we haven't been locked into, say, a five or 10 day period of really excessive humidity. Right. We have to wait till July and August. Yeah, for that. yeah we got plenty of time for that. We're just entering yeah, we sticky got, we season We got plenty here. of time for that. You know, and especially down here, you know, I'll say in southeastern New Jersey, you know, your Junes aren't really all that bad. It's, it's really not just because of the sea breezes that, that mm -hmm. do come in. Because, you know, I saw plenty of days, you know, where Philadelphia is, you know, five degrees warmer than even what the airport is, you know, in Egg Harbor Township. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's not the worst time of year here in South Jersey, that's for sure. All right, so let's talk about precipitation. And I think a lot of people are crying because their lawns are brown. I know outside the press, our lawn is brown here in Pleasantville. Uh, it's kind of been a hot topic over the past couple of days here to wrap up June. I looked at three different sites, Atlantic City Marina, Atlantic City International Airport, and Millville, all were below average. But as you know, it's June, thunderstorms. Some of you get a quick inch of rain, some of you don't. So you have the data for, I guess, overall, you know, how are we ending up in South Jersey? We're ending up on the dry side overall. And as you said, there are some exceptions I'll mention in a moment. Um, but Cape May County, I know you love Cape May County. I love Cape May, Cape May bubble. Cape driest May place bubble. in the state. Coming in as the driest part of the state this month, uh, along with a little bit of Southern Ocean County and parts of Northeastern Jersey. Okay. The wettest part of the state is a zone from kind of Gloucester, Camden, northeastward into Monmouth. And almost all of Monmouth County and northern Ocean County is above is in the average range. Monmouth uh, County never fails to disappoint weather-wise, I feel like. Some places. But there's some really interesting numbers here for yeah. all the, the, the weather geeks out there. Um, the airport of 2.59 inches, that's 41 hundredths of an inch below average, um, you know, on the dry side, but they, a few storms hit them along the way. Uh, now you go over to the coast and the marina only had 1.60 inches of rain, which is 99 hundredths below average. They, they're normally drier than inland sure. as the coast kind of takes the energy out of the storms as they, as they approach the coast, but still, an inch below average. But what's really interesting, you look back in Cape May County, the driest station of our Cocoraz group in the state is Sea Isle City with 66 hundredths of an inch of precipitation. Good for the beach, but not good for your lawn. Exactly. Yeah. But go up the coast to Lakewood in Northern Ocean County, and they had 7.77 inches of rain. <laughs> And that's the wettest station of the 200 Kokoraz stations around yeah. the state. 
So the northern and southern part of your viewer area uh, has a reader area and viewer areas had awesome. uh, the widest range of precipitation. And, yeah. and you're right, it comes with big hits. Uh, a station in Sewell over in Gloucester County two Saturdays ago had 4.34 inches of rain in 70 minutes. 10 miles away, it barely rained. Yeah, so, summer in South Jersey. It's summer in all of the mid-Atlantic yeah, states. Yeah. Uh, it's real tough to get uh, a statewide soaking, and we really, really need it now. Um, and I dare say the way you tend to get it once you get into summer, especially middle and late summer, is through a tropical system. Yeah. We don't wish that upon the state. Um, you know, sideswiped by a system that drops two inches of, state, uh, of rain statewide, I'll take that any day. Yeah. But, you know, in order to get that, you also have to get an Irene or a Floyd or a drought. And I don't want either of those. Yeah, we want to stay right in the middle. We, like, we don't like to rock the boat too much, you know, when well, it comes to we're, we're a little concerned. We're a little concerned. Uh, the National Drought Monitor is going to be putting this week uh, Cape May County into D0, which is considered a normally dry, and Northeast Jersey is going to be D0 or abnormally dry. Um, no drought designation at this point. Uh, the rivers are flowing lower than they should be. Uh, the groundwater, not so great. Uh, up in North Jersey, the reservoirs are okay right now. And, and that's the good news as we go into the heart of the summer up in North Jersey. Of course, right. South Jersey, it's more well water and deep enough wells that they're not being affected by this. So we're not in a deep hole. Um, a couple of rainy systems coming through could turn things around. Yeah. But if we're going to stay warm, and it looks like we're going to stay warm, we have to really meet that evaporative need uh, or, or undertaking where there's a lot of evaporation taking place. So we have to replace that with rain right. or our lawns turn to straw. We're going to take a uh, brief break here. We're going to have a commercial for you. And on the other side, we're going to talk hurricane season, ocean temperatures, and we'll wrap on up. This is the Something in the Air podcast. Welcome back to the Something in the Air podcast, brought to you the first and third Wednesdays of every month. And as we do the first of every month, now hold on, we're going to redo that because I messed up. Hold on, three, two, one. Welcome back to the Something in the Air podcast. I'm meteorologist Joe Martucci. Join with me, New Jersey State climatologist Dave Robinson. And as we uh, turn the page into July, we're getting closer and closer to the peak of hurricane season. Though, if you have been paying attention to the weather, you think we're getting pretty close to peak already. We've had four named storms, um, and that is the second earliest we have had four at least tropical storms in the Atlantic Hurricane Basin. And those records go back fairly continuously to about 1851, so that is really saying something here now. You know, fortunately, nothing has hit New Jersey or has been, you know, close to New Jersey. But um, just is there something, you know, you could add with on the climatological side, you know, just being so active? Does it translate into something down the line? I mean, I'll pull out a stat, and I'm not doing this to scare anybody, but the, the top, I believe the, um, the ones that were above it, uh, one of them was 2012. Uh, which was Sandy, of course. Of course, that could be just a, um, you know, a fluke, and it probably is. And uh, actually, I should be remiss to saying it was the third earliest because the other one was 2016. So 
third earliest. We've had four name storms. I apologize for it. But either way, very active start to the season. What do you got to say? Yeah, you have to take it with a little grain of salt because you really can't take it back to 1850. You can't even take it back to 1950 because some of these storms are very weak. They wouldn't have been picked up back that far back because we didn't have satellite data to see them off the coast. Uh, we didn't have Hurricane Hunter planes going in and making observations and such. So I, I, the big storms, you can look historically back and get a pretty good feel for their change through time. But some of these little ones, but you can go back 15, 20 years, and it's still unusual to start off this early. Of course, once we started off early, it was in part because the waters in the Gulf of Mexico and in the Western Caribbean, and even in the eastern, southeastern, off the southeastern coast of the U.S., were exceptionally warm for this time of the year, and that's the fuel for these storms. Um, we wait till later in the season to see them come off the African coast and, and the real super storms that sometimes come off. So uh, there's good reason why it was an early season, um, but of course, you can't talk about the season thus far without seeing that the brakes were put on it uh, about a week or two ago, except for Dolly, which way, <laughs> that was way out our latitude. And that's the African dust that people dust. may have heard about. Just an exceptional outbreak of dust um, blown off the African continent, blown off the Sahara, traversed the entire Atlantic into the Caribbean, into the Gulf of Mexico, into Texas, up into North Carolina. And what this dust does is it heats up in the atmosphere. The sun absorbs some of that energy and it stabilizes the atmosphere. You don't go from warm at the surface to cold aloft where you can just rocket air up through this atmosphere. When you warm it aloft, it doesn't promote as much rising motion. So it put the brakes on the, her on the tropical season. Yeah. Now that's going to stop at some point. Right. Uh, and of course, the, the thought is if this had happened in August, it would have really impacted the whole tropical season as it approaches its height. It may be that that dust episode is going to be long gone by the time we start reaching the peak of the tropical se season. So um, no one should let up their guard now. No one should contradict what the experts are forecasting to be an active season. So yeah. you have to be patient. It's, it's early. It's early for four storms. Sometimes, you know, Andrew, which we remember pummeled south of Florida yep. in the early 90s, that was the A storm, and it was in late August. That was a That's very quiet year, but it only took that one storm. Yeah, and you – two – thoughts on that you know one it really does only take one storm for it to be active in new jersey you know if andrew came to new jersey we would say oh my gosh you know it was crazy hurricane year but in reality it was relatively calm you know over the um atlantic basin the second thing with the dust too you know i feel like um and this is technically called the saharan air layer i feel like this has been another one of these derecho or polar vortex or bomb cyclone moments where you know those of you who might be listening or watching wasn't familiar with this until now you know yep. it's, it's a teachable moment you know it's we've been getting these and i feel like maybe they're happening more often but it really is one of those moments where we can open people up to another little segment you know of the weather world and you know 
we should say, you know, the Saharan air layer, the Saharan dust is by no means unusual. It is very common throughout the year. However, to the extent where you're seeing pictures in Texas, I have a friend of mine in Texas, you know, in Austin, who sent me a picture of this hazy sky and San Juan had air quality issues. That's unusual. That's something you don't see. Um, but when you get the Saharan air layer, you know, that dust that comes through, it, like you said, you know, you said it perfectly, it helps to, to stifle hurricane development. So, uh, you know, just another teaching moment. You know, we, we love to teach you guys here. And, uh, you know, if it comes at the expense of Saharan air layer, that's fine. We'll see what the next, I wonder what the next thing is. I mean, what more could we talk about? You know, what's the next phenomenon? I'm not sure. Got any ideas? I don't want to think about it, frankly, <laughs> when we've seen the Sandies and we've seen the, the Sal, the Saharan air layer, yeah. and we've seen, of course, the polar vortex. Yeah. And, you know, what the heck is that? And as you said, Duratio, most people forgot. A lot of people were introduced to Duratio in 2012. Yeah. But many forgot about it since that time. Right, right. So next, I sure as heck hope it's not, you know, an unusual tornado yeah. uh, in New Jersey. I mean, we've had one already this year, and last year, the second most on record, but they were all, thankfully, very weak. Right. So I, I, we don't need that as a teachable yeah. We don't need a wedge tornado. We won't, we won't get into that. We don't need a wedge tornado coming through New Jersey. Hopefully, we're uh, done with our weather, you know, the active weather, uh, you know, for the rest of the year. Um, Let's just briefly touch upon water temperatures. I know you did already. We've been above average, you know, even here along the coast. Um, so not to say that that's going to necessarily develop all these hurricanes, but in the events that there was one and it was to come this way, it would help to maintain a straight. Granted, we stay above average. There was a lot of ifs in that statement, but, you know, anything to touch upon with the water temperatures? You know, and let me ask you, I'll ask you this, you know, from a climate perspective, how fast has our water temperatures been rising, you know, temperature-wise here in New Jersey? That's a really good question. And I will admit, I haven't looked at it as much as my marine science colleagues, but it, they have warmed. Um, but as we often see with ocean temperatures, uh, they're more modest in their warming and cooling, whatever it may, than, may be, than atmospheric temperatures. Mm -hmm. Water is the great modifier or moderator, I guess you could say, with its heat content. Um, so they have warmed. Um, there's uh, areas they've warmed more. Uh, just a couple of summers ago, very warm water got into the Gulf of Maine. And while we had a humid summer, they had an incredibly unusual summer because the Gulf of Maine waters were so warm. Right. But it gets tricky down here because as, as I think you know, maybe we've talked about it before, our warmest days for atmospheric warmth are often your coldest surf temperatures. Yes. When we get further offshore, and when we're talking hurricane connections, yeah. um, for instance, with Sandy, it was late October, but we had had two straight years of above normal air temperatures, so thus the waters were above average. And it's been shown in modeling studies trying to recreate Sandy. Sandy wouldn't have been as strong if the sea surface temperatures off the mid-Atlantic had been close to their normal late October temperatures, still would have been a formidable storm. See, and that's the thing when you talk about climate change, it's not like something comes out of nothing. Right. It just makes the extreme more extreme in the case of Sandy. So that storm held together as a stronger storm further up the coast 
because the sea surface temperatures were above average for late October. Got it. Yep. All right. So with that being said, I think we covered it all. This was a pretty uh, hefty uh, month here. I think we extracted all the juice we could out of June. Uh, what's going on at the climate office, or I should say the climate home office? Anything new and exciting in June? Anything looking forward to in July? We are keeping busy. We've been able to get out in the field and do a lot of calibration of our rain gauges and cleaning of our sites and all, all around the state because, you know, it's a very isolated work as we visit these weather stations. So I've got a terrific crew doing that. Uh, in the office, we continue to migrate our network into the cloud, which is going to save computing costs for a hardware department and also free up some time for my IT staff to come up with some new maps, which we're working on and we'll be releasing soon. Uh, we're doing a couple studies on wind and, and coastal agriculture, um, uh, excessive precipitation, working with the DEP on that. So always a lot of interesting and fun projects going on that, to further enrich our knowledge of the state's weather and the state's climate. Right. And that you do very well. All right. Tell everybody where they can go uh, for the New Jersey uh, Weather and Climate Network, as well as more information from the Office of the New Jersey State Climatologist. NJClimate.org. And there you'll see my recap of the month of June uh, in just a couple of days. And you can sign up for the Volunteer Precipitation Kokoraz program. Yes. Or if you want to go directly to the Weather Network to see Atlantic City Marina, the airport, Egg Harbor, Hamilton, down into Cape May County, up njweather.org. So you got njclimate.org and njweather.org. All right. Uh, you taking any beach trips down here? You coming down this way in July? We're taking our bikes to Sandy Hook in a couple of days to okay. ride the bike trail there. But so you got to come all the way down. We are exploring the possibility of uh, not leaving the state this summer, uh, not what we had planned, um, yeah. and maybe visiting our favorite spot down in Cape May later this summer. Beautiful. All right. Well, hopefully there'll be some rain in Cape May between now and then, so you can look at some nice greenery uh, yeah, walking around. Between now and then, but not then. Right. Correct. Between now and then, but not yeah. when you arrive. Well, nice and dry. So... With that being said, this is the Something in the Air podcast brought to you by the Press of Atlantic City. I'm meteorologist Joe Martucci. He is New Jersey State Climatologist, Dr. Dave Robinson. We have a good episode for you the third Wednesday of July. Dr. Robinson, you might want to listen to this. We have our very own staff writer, Vincent Jackson. He has five songs for five different categories of weather. He is ranking the top five weather uh, songs. So he does five for heat. Five for storms, five for wind. I can't remember the other two. So we're going to have them third week, uh, third Wednesday of July. That one, I'm very much looking forward to. That sounds great. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to see. We're going to see. It's our, our first time doing an in-office one with someone I work with. So I think uh, the vibe uh, should be pretty good. And uh, we'll get to you're going to sing? Did you say you're going to sing? I mean, if the people, listen, if the people want me to sing, I will sing. But only if Vince does it with me. I'm not doing it myself. Do the people really want you to sing? That's, you know, if you ask uh, my fiance, she would say no, even though I might think otherwise. Hey, hidden talent. I was in a 50s group in college. And so it wasn't you, in the 50s, by the way. Right, I know. Very much later than that. Well, maybe we'll have you. We'll, we'll try box us. We'll get you to sing. 
I'll I'll tee it up. He'll hit the you know he'll hit the home run and then you say. All right, <laughs> we're gonna wrap up. That's have it. A, we'll talk to everybody soon. Thanks again, Dr. Robinson. We'll chat with you soon. This is something in the air podcast.